and welcome to episode five of the Reset Release podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Connor. Um, this episode is our final for the series and what we've decided to do today is to go a little bit different and dig into some sexual stories from our listeners and have a little bit more in depth about like the sort of background behind them and give our perspective onto the problems, the humour, the sort of real nitty gritty about the human side of sexual interactions. So without further ado, um, I think it'd be good to sort of jump straight into a couple of them. What do we have, Connor? Yeah, so the first caller in is Melania. Now, that may or may not be her real name, but here it is. Melania, take it away. So I was at an event a couple of years ago and I was out in the club and I started kissing this girl. We were at it for a while and eventually I took her back to my room. I should have known that this isn't going to go well because she was a terrible kisser. Anyway, um, we started going at it and as predicted, it wasn't great. I was nearly falling asleep and then someone ended up walking into the room. We were in a hostel with bunk beds and curtains so no one else could see us. The girl that came into the room started crying and about three people walked in to comfort her. But then they had no idea that we were there so we just hung out. And they just stayed consoling her for about 20 minutes before leaving. Then they left. So we got back at it and I ended up nodding off a couple of times. So in the end, I just had to fake an orgasm so that it would end. Otherwise, I would have actually gone to sleep. Josh, there you go. Melania, our first caller. What do you have to say? What a great way to kick it off. Um, I think like the first thing to start off with there is the fact that you should never feel the need to fake an orgasm. Like if you're not enjoying the sexual activity that you're involved in, then you can always discuss that with your partner. There's no need to lie about how you're feeling or how the sexual experience is going for you. I think, but I also think that's something that lots of people sort of get caught up in, in the fact that there needs to be um, a crescendo, a finish Mm. to the actual activity, which I think is like a massive misconception. I think for me personally, I think I've had a lot of um, sexual experiences where um, one partner or the other hasn't been able to finish. Um, and I don't see that as a massive problem. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I agree. Like we talked about it with Rachel in episode one and it was like, why is all of sex supposed to be built up to the orgasm and people don't even see things like foreplay as a part of the sexual experience, but like everything's part of the sexual experience. And if things aren't going well, whether it's with a long-term partner or with a new partner, just see if you can communicate like, hey, can you do this? I'm into this. Are you into this? Can we try this? And make it that bit more enjoyable for you. Or you can ask to stop. You don't need to fake an orgasm just to finish things. It doesn't need to end with that stop point. Um, and like, I think that the cool thing about when you communicate and and you start to develop a a better sexual relationship is you recognize that just because the sex wasn't good, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Like it shouldn't reflect on them as a bad person because they didn't understand what your needs were at that time. And then maybe when you tell them, they can better cater for those needs. So I think, listen, the embarrassing part of the story and the funny part of the story is that like, you know, people were in the room, didn't know they were there and they had to like, you know, play dead for a while. But I think the orgasm part, you know, just just communicate enjoy it oh uh, yeah no i think um 
I never experienced that personally, but I there were definitely a couple of close calls back in my hostel days. Um, I think, yeah, like that sort of stuff is bound to happen. Like when you're having sex in an, a situation like that. I think I had similar experiences when I was at um, university, not necessarily people coming into the same room, but in, you know, when you're in uni halls and the walls are incredibly thin and for some yes. reason they decide to put the beds against the same wall so you can hear the person in the room next to you. Mm. It's basically like you're sleeping three people in the same bed. Incredibly like strange and weird experience. But yeah, it's, there is no sort of way of getting around that. People are sort of, prone to embarrassment even when they necessarily shouldn't be yeah i think the good thing is when it comes to like unis and hostels and stuff people just kind of accept like this is part of the game you know like as in that if someone's having sex beside me you know i'm just gonna try sleep you know just gonna put in those earphones close my eyes and <laughs> that's why they give earplugs when in the welcome packet when you get into halls right that's that's all part of it yeah, but i think it's one of those things fine. like people will find it awkward when you first get to university sort of thing or when you first experience that sort of thing in a hostel it's something you can't necessarily get around but it's something that other people may have different experiences of and find you know interact with differently the other thing on that story that i'd say though however is the fact that trying to have really good sex with somebody who is a, like a casual partner or first time without actually communicating what you're interested in what turns you on what gets you going etc however you want to phrase it like that's a very difficult thing to get right straight off the bat like communication is like one of the core parts of sexual interactions and it can be really exciting to experience something with a partner that you barely know and just sort of go straight off with it on a casual hookup and if that's your thing then go for it like all the more to you but i think it's something that like is one of the joys of having repeat partners is the fact that you can discuss these things and you can get closer and closer to the ideal for you. So yeah, no shame in any part of that. Like it's just a case of, you know, working out what you like. And if that type of interaction is what you like, then go for it. But if it's not, then. Okay. Yeah. And like too, I think too many people think ignorance is bliss when it comes to casual sex where, you know, that girl from the story that, isn't melania might have thought oh man what a night you know like as in we had the best sex of our lives and in reality it wasn't and people are talking about it on this show now and surely that lovely girl would have rather like you say oh a little bit to the left a little bit to the right oh would you do this would you try that were you into this and then bam maybe there's a real orgasm maybe there's not but maybe it would have been more fun and everybody would have left more happy and more secure so Thank you, Melania, for sending that in. And we're on to our next caller, which is a Joe. Maybe, maybe Joe. A Joe Soap from somewhere. Take it away. I was with my boyfriend in his dorm room. His roommate was away for the weekend, or so we thought. I'm under the covers giving him a blowjob and having a good time. I don't even hear the key turning the door or anything. All of a sudden, I just hear his roommate talking. I just froze. I didn't know what to do. He's just shooting the breeze with my boyfriend. And my boyfriend is trying to just play it off and is holding a conversation like, like I'm not even there. So I just stayed down there, perfectly still, waiting for him to go. 
he talks for what seems like his eternity, probably only two minutes. Then I hear him say, see you later, mate. You too, Joe. I thought I was going to die of embarrassment. Joe, 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 Joe. Why would you be embarrassed in that situation? Like, that's entirely on your roommate being inappropriate and being, you know, a bit overly friendly and too conversational, I think, in that instance. Um, I think, yeah, like we said in the previous story, like we've all been in situations to some extent where someone has butted in whilst we're in the middle of bumping in. Um, but I think, you know, that's, that's just part of life. You just got to, you know, carry on with the, the bump and grind as it were. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Connor, have you had any experiences like that before? I, I haven't had anyone walk in on me, um, which is at, like at times I'm, I'm looking back and I'm like, I don't know how I haven't. Um, maybe people had ideas and didn't walk into certain rooms for that reason. I don't know. And I don't want to ask necessarily. I think the closest call I had was probably um, I was on a gap year. Well, I was studying abroad in Australia and um, I had a female friend in my room and my roommate was this really innocent um chinese guy who who had never really like he didn't socialize with alcohol he didn't go on nights out he didn't really have women over or anything like that and uh he was hearing noises and he was worried that something was wrong so he started knocking on the door to see if i was okay um he didn't come in though because i told him i was fine but that was probably that was probably the closest I've come and uh, what a lovely friend he was to check in on me and stuff. I was, I was completely okay. And uh, I think the friend was too, but uh, nice of him to, to check in. Um, but I think in this story here, what I'd like to ask Joe is, is how well did you know this friend? Like, is he, is, is like the roommate, um, you know, if you knew them really well, maybe they like thought this is funny. But if not, the roommate, like, if you knew Joe was there, please leave. <laughs> please leave and don't acknowledge him so that he can at least just, you know, be in blissful ignorance and, and, and not think he's been caught in this, what he finds is an embarrassing situation. To be fair, though, I would say it, it must be quite difficult to hide beneath the sheets. That's, um, that, that, mm. that, that's quite, you know, contortionist right there. But also, I'm I'm curious as to what the conversation was. Was it was it just bumping in and checking in on the day, or was it something that was yeah. actually important, which I guess changes the story somewhat. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if it was something urgent, like if it was like, hey, you know, this person is sick or something. Oh, yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. But if it was like, hey, man, did you see that it's raining outside? How wild is that? Then I think that is. <laughs> inappropriate your, of said roommate i love your idea of the two extreme ends of a the conversation there mm. just yeah. ra raining an illness um and illness and sometimes raining can lead to illness and um, we might get a separate podcast on that but yeah that do you have any more thoughts on on that story josh no i think i think on that one it's really just about you know it's it's going to be a theme throughout this one but like the the need to be embarrassed is something that I think is a very sort of human reaction to many of these sort of stories, but it's very much within the self. Like there are very few instances where I personally think I was embarrassed by an interaction, whether it's sexual or not. 
that I could point to and other friends would be able to say they remember it two weeks later. And the way I sort of like think about that is the fact that I don't really remember when other people were embarrassed, mm. um, particularly when they point out or mention something like a month, two months later, and they say, oh, yeah, this incident's where I fell over in the hallway or you walked in on me having sex or whatever. Mm. Um, those instances, like, I, I tend to, like, forget about them because I care more about myself being embarrassed and think more about myself, as I think pretty much everyone does. Mm. And so at the same point, you will end up in a situation where you're the only one who remembers an embarrassing situation for you, and therefore, why is it embarrassing? Um, it's a really good point. So really deep. Point. I know, I know. Yeah. We are getting deep on this podcast, and, <laughs> and we should. It's the it's the season finale. We need to, and uh, you know, Josh, I, w- I want to roll on to our next caller because it's actually a similar story in some way, shape, or form because it may involve someone, an unwanted visitor coming into the room, and this one here is a call in from Donald. So highly legit as a name, that one. It is, yeah. Okay, well, Josh, just listen, okay? Listen to him. Donald, take it away. Right, so my mum knew I was sexually active, but I still did my best to keep it from her. Sadly, it wasn't always easy. Uh, I've seen a girl, as you do when you're young, commitment-phobe and can't be in or near a relationship. And that meant hookups, films, and blowjobs. Absolutely no hand-holding and a bunch of awesomely awkward conversations about not becoming tied down. <laughs> anyway, on one fine eve, my companion and I were having a play around, which resulted in her giving me a blowy at the foot of my bed. What a time to be alive. Hello! My mum had entered through the back door of my house. She was home early. I gave myself about 10 seconds before I climaxed, so quickly shouted, Hello! Back, and encouraged my lady friend to continue dutifully. Eight seconds later, I was completed. Two seconds after that, my trousers were pulled up and I realised my mum was a few feet from the door. I turned and gasped in horror to see my lady friend still had my load in her mouth. I begged her to swallow it, to which she couldn't do, she shook her head. And I pulled up the window and urged her to spit it out. In a weak attempt, she spat at the window. My mum enters the room. With a grisly level of determination to keep my recent sexual act a secret, I turned and leaned against the window as my mum and non-swallowing companion said hello to one another, luckily from a distance. I felt my own load pull together and begin to meander its way down my back, beginning from the nape of my neck and scurrying down my spine, my t-shirt seeming to act as a runway for my cum somehow. I still feel the dribble. The next day, my mum was cleaning the house. I saw her put my wet t-shirt in the clothespin and clean my window. She's not stupid. What a time to be alive indeed. Well, Josh. Wow. There's um, there, there's a lot to unpack in that one there, isn't there? A lot um, to unpack. Yeah. First of all, I, I'm, I'm curious of the perspective of the um, quote-unquote lady, lady friend there. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like it would have been quite a difficult situation to be in with um, a, by the sounds of it, a casual interaction with mm-hmm. someone. Um, yeah, I, I hope she was okay in that situation because it sounds quite difficult to sort of navigate. For sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely stressful and 
probably like quite a forceful position in in some ways for her and yeah hopefully she found it okay and then like you know the least of her worries then was saying hello to this casual partner's mother when who knows where they clothed unclothed or whatever it might be in the room at that stage usually that would be the main element <laughs> of the story but i'd say for for her that was quickly forgotten and and some other elements may have been on her mind a little bit more um well, let, let's 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 go let's go through this, Josh, from the beginning. So, firstly, you know you're sexually active, keeping it from your mother, um, and determination to hide this from your mother. I think it's it's a it's a classic trope of being like a young teenager. You want to be free, open to do what you want, but you're still living at your parents' house, and therefore, you know. Being sexually active, I imagine, you know, quite difficult to sort of like have that conversation with your parents because, you know, it's sometimes never an easy conversation to have to say, mom, do you mind if I bring this person around? I know lots of friends whose parents had very different responses to these types of conversations. Um, some people are lucky and have very like open parents. Other people, you know, it's a case of this is not something I want to discuss with them at all ever. Um, but I think openness is probably the easiest thing. And if not, you can probably find some other way of, you know, fulfilling these situations mm. that may not necessarily be in as difficult situation or location. Mm. Yeah, let's say, so then like that, that's one element. So I guess it, it does depend on each person's situation. Some people have parents who are very accepting and, you know, just let you go and do what you want to do and then some are like no not until you're married or you're officially gone out or until you're 30 or whatever it might be the next thing that comes up is is casual sex and like you know the people you know hookups films blowjobs no hand holding listen if that's what both parties wanted that's all good uh in many ways once they're having fun and it was they're communicating on a regular basis and hopefully both parties feelings were you know acknowledged throughout yeah i think that that's that's one thing that really needs to be taken into mind and i think i think one thing about the story that potentially what didn't come across great is really about the sort of the way in which the the lady friend is sort of described and discussed as though she is there to serve a function yeah. um I'm sure that's not necessarily how Donald expected that to come across or wanted that to come across. But I think, you know, asking someone to swallow a load when they're not necessarily comfortable with it um, and yeah. um, asking someone to hide something for your benefit is, you know, quite a difficult mm. position to put someone in. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, what, what sort of um, insight do you have on that front? Well, well, my thinking is like, so the mom or the mother comes home and Donald has yet to climax, but he chooses to continue with the act and, and gives himself 10 seconds to finish. Now, my thing would be when you hear hello, stop, you know, <laughs> like stop everything. And, you know, there wouldn't be a need to swallow anything if you didn't create anything, number one. Um, so that's one thing. It's like, I would have just put my clothes on, been like, here, listen, we'll get back to this later on. 
let's just get out books and pretend we're reading to each other on the bed. You know, like if this was a US comedy show or something like that, that's what you do. So that's one thing. And um, the second thing though is when you bring it to that stage and both of you engage and it's come to this stage where you have finished and it's in her mouth, like you've been caught, like, you know what I mean? Like as in, don't force your partner to do anything they do not want to do. Just be, you know, I, like they're going to react in whatever way they think is best. So maybe through her own mind without being pushed, she could have found a tissue or a cup or, you know, whatever it might've been, she could have gotten rid of it or I don't know what she would have chosen to do, but maybe it would have been better for it to come from her own self than you being like, swallow, swallow, swallow and spit out the window. And yeah. if you did either of those things um, and you're just a little bit more, Oh, right. I suppose mindful of the situation and mindful of your partner and, and what they're going through. Maybe you could have saved a t-shirt, a window and an awkward situation with your mother. Yeah. I, I did think the, um, the shouting hello to the mother may not necessarily have been the, the best course of action in this instance um, to sort of get her attention. Maybe. Yeah. I, I guess this comes from the sort of like, um, youthful naivety of trying to hide sexual interactions and trying to be remain, you know, that naive figure to your parents, um, which, you know, that has to break at some point. Um, but I don't know. I think yeah, you're you're right in terms of these interactions. They're supposed to be mutually enjoyable for everyone involved, and you know. We don't know the other side of the story, and I'm I'm sure there were many other interactions, hopefully with the lady friends, that were mutually pleasurable for everyone involved. For sure, and um, also to the mother, knock please, please. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's all on Donald's story. I think we covered it off well there. There's, you know, although it, some of these stories are sent in as funny, or embarrassing, awkward. You know, I think there's lessons to be learned from all of them, you know, that uh, to reduce stigma or to send messages of this is kind of what you could have done better or, uh, you know, this, that and the other. And for us, it's not like we're experts, but luckily we've talked to some really cool people on the podcast so far and, and true Troglow that kind of help us to influence our, our, our kind of tone of voice when we're reflecting on these stories. And we do have one more story. Oh, yeah. And this is by Charles. Okay. And Charles has said the following. There was this guy in my uni that I always flirted with. And we had this really good back and forth thing going on and it was pretty sexual. I kept saying how great in bed I was and all that sort of stuff to get him to want me. And normally I, I am. And then he finally wanted to have sex with me and I blew it. I was so nervous and excited. I couldn't get it up even for a second. It was humiliating. And I didn't get a second chance. Josh. Charles. Like, I think one of the things that, you know, we, we, we all sort of put too much stigma on is the actual sort of act of penetrative sex. That's not really what sex is about. It's about the foreplay. It's about the enjoyment. It's about the other elements of stimulation that you can bring into it. Um, erectile dysfunction itself is something that affects almost a majority of men will experience some element of that throughout their life and it's something that can be you know it can be due to nerves it can be due to stress it can be 
due to all manner of like interactions it could just be because you'd had a couple of drinks beforehand it could be because you were so excited by the interaction that you weren't able to um fully realize the moment for yourself in the way that you wanted to but it's nothing to be ashamed of it's a completely normal interaction and it's a completely normal um normal thing to happen to you so i don't think there's any need to be worried or concerned about that um what i would say is that if this was your one interaction with this person and you were because of that reason unable to have a second interaction then that says more about the other person than it says about you and so i would never be worried about that um and it sounds like your flirting game is completely on point so um doesn't sound like you're gonna have much trouble in the future um connor what are you thinking of this one no it was really well said josh yeah like as in just i guess you know from our research like some studies show that upwards of 50% of all men experience ED at some point in their lives. And again, as you said, there could be multiple reasons for this. So it's not something that you should be embarrassed about. So we wouldn't put this in the embarrassing category. Understandable if you were disappointed as a result of it because you had built up the sexual experience so much and, you know, it didn't happen in the way that you wanted. But again, you don't need to be embarrassed about it and there will be more opportunities for good sexual relations down the line. It's good to just reflect on these things. And I know in our episode with Rachel, again, in episode one, she talked about when you're dealing with some of these sexual insecurities, you know, something like journaling and cognitive behavioral therapy journaling can be quite good to just reflect on, okay, well, what was going through my mind in the days beforehand and that day in the moment that might have had an impact on the sexual experience. Maybe, as you say, you were drinking. Maybe you were so nervous because you had built yourself up so much to that person that you're like the best at sex. And then you were so nervous to live up to that that you couldn't actually, um, you know, as he says, get it up or become erect. So what I would say is, yeah, no need to be embarrassed. If you're disappointed, that's normal. Just reflect on it. And as Josh said, like is in your flirting game, sounds like it's on point. So, you know, go get the next one and hopefully all things will go well. And I think as well, the more comfortable you are and the more you communicate, um, again, like we said with the first voice note, the easier it is for you to be comfortable in the sexual realm and maybe it'll be easier for you to become erect and, and kind of operate in that capacity. Yeah, I think it's it's... To sort of, you know, consolidate all of that, it's these stories, particularly like flirting, feeling like you've um, hyped yourself up, getting nervous. That's a story that I think pretty much everyone will have. And it's something that we probably don't talk about as much as we should do because there is this element of shame attached to it. Um, I think the point is that it shouldn't be. Um, I myself have, have had instances where I've met up with guys at the club, um, gone home with them and have had too much to drink to be able to perform effectively in the capacity as a top. Um, and then we just end up doing something else. We end up just like cuddling, falling asleep, passing out, and then, you know, picking it up again in the morning. Like there is no reasonable instance where erectile dysfunction um, or however you want to phrase it, should be the 
the barrier for stopping enjoyable sexual interactions because there are multiple facets to sex. There are so many different elements um, and viewing it in that dynamic and in that way is just, you know, quite, quite limited in scope and you can, you can go beyond that. And there's, yeah, no pressure there. And pressure is one of the main reasons that sort of causes this to be seen as something it's not. So don't worry about it. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a good point to kind of wrap things up on. And I think from all of the messages that we've had sent in and from our conversations, things people can take away is that orgasm isn't everything, that you can enjoy all facets of sex from, you know, initial engagement, foreplay, all the way through to orgasm if you get there. But if you don't, that's not the end of the world. You can communicate with partners, be it first-time partners or long-term partners, and in you know enhance your sexual experience also if you want to stop just communicate that you want to stop you don't need to fake an orgasm to get things to an end i think we need to obviously be very mindful of our partner's needs and wants and be catering to them as much as we can and not put them into forceful positions and i think we shouldn't be embarrassed as much as we are about sexual stories, sexual interactions, because as you say, a lot of the embarrassment is just in our mind and the other person isn't focused on anything that you did. And for that reason, the only reason the embarrassment lives on is because you keep thinking about it. So maybe things like journaling, reflecting mindfulness and talking about it like we are today can help you to process that and to not have it as a blot on your mind for too much longer. So I hope everyone's, really enjoyed this season josh have you enjoyed this season i i've loved doing this it's been a bit of a change for me but i've I've really really enjoyed it um so yeah final thing to end on communication is key and that's a wrap on season one of the reset and release podcast and we hope to see you all back here at some point next year when we go for 